Safety, dependability, and power. Chevy Silverado isn't happy unless the work is hard and the day is long. No wonder Silverado is America's number one best-selling retail pickup truck. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and put a Silverado in your toolbox. It's the WGN Radio Football Podcast. I mean, I'm cool with whatever as long as we win a game. Fields under pressure again. He's going to run wide open path for six. Fields fakes it twice. In trouble. Chase throws. Caught. Touchdown. The ageless wonder, Mercedes Lewis. It's the WGN Radio Football Podcast. Sponsored by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive what Justin Fields drives. When you're the winning quarterback on the winning team, that's always good, right? Now, here's Kevin Powell. Welcome into another edition of the WGN Radio Football Podcast. I'm Kevin Powell. This is episode 80, and Herb Howard from the Bigs joining me once again. Herb, I hope you had a great uh, holiday and uh, happy new year to you. I'm uh, very appreciative of, of you joining me multiple times throughout the years. So uh, thank you again for joining me on the podcast. KP, it's always a pleasure, man. I had a good holiday, family and friends hanging out. Hope you enjoyed yours too, man. Football season not quite over, so... I I know the stretch. I know, but it's it's like bittersweet. I I know the Bears aren't all that great, but I just love football season, Herb. And we're we're getting close to the end here. It just flies by. No, I feel the same way, man. It seems like it takes a long time to get here, and then it's over so quickly. Right, uh, especially around here. So yeah. uh, hopefully that changes soon. Uh, Probably not this year, but but maybe one year soon. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, all right, you've been a supporter of Justin Fields. I've always been high on Justin Fields. The conversation everybody is having, uh, really, for most of this season, is kind of looking ahead, and especially now that it looks like it's pretty much a lock, the Bears are going to have the top overall pick. Are, are you still on the side of dealing away the first pick or or not drafting Caleb Williams and sticking with Justin Fields? Is that where you're at with two games to go? Yeah, I'm definitely still on the side of sticking with with Justin Fields in terms of trading away the first pick. There's a lot that goes into that. We can talk about that maybe a little bit later. But as far as Justin Fields and Caleb Williams goes, to me, I think that anybody who you know is of the mindset of moving on from Justin Fields and drafting Caleb Williams, I certainly understand that I don't have a whole lot to argue against that. For me, I just like Justin Fields' skill set, but also – even for me, it's, it's more so than a comparison of Justin Fields and Caleb Williams. To me, it's a comparison of the Bears going forward. Are they better with the combination of Justin Fields, D.J. Moore, and maybe Marvin Harrison Jr., or are they better with Caleb Williams and D.J. Moore alone? And I think, for me, going forward, the Bears are better off with the combination of whatever they do with the number one pick plus Justin Fields than they would be without him. It's a lot to juggle for Ryan Poles. But I have said that as much as this might be a difficult decision to make for Ryan Poles, they're also in a really good position. You know, I, th- I think a, a lot of teams uh, w- would would like to be in the spot the Bears are in. They're basically in a scenario where either your starting quarterback next year is Justin Fields or Caleb Williams. Those are those are probably the two options for for the Bears for next season. Like that's that's a good spot to be in. But if to your point, if you're Ryan Poles and you say, okay, I, I just cannot pass on Caleb Williams. This guy, our evaluation, everything, he checks the boxes, and it's second year in a row we have the top pick, and we just can't pass that up, fine, totally get it, right? And I think a lot of people do think he should draft Caleb Williams. 
But it does feel like the Bears are headed in the right direction. I think they've built a pretty strong defense here in Chicago, and they have shown progress. I mean, think of what the season would have been if they didn't blow those three games in the fourth quarter. Now, that you are what you are. You are what your record is, but they've been competitive in, in most games, and you're, it's a gamble, right? If you draft Caleb Williams and move on from Justin Fields, what if Caleb Williams has a whole bunch of growing pains? You know, a, a, dream, a dream scenario is it's a C.J. Stroud-like rookie season, you know, because if that mm-hmm. were the case, I think the Bears would be in pretty good shape next year. But if it's not, like most rookies who struggle, um, then it feels like you're kind of like everything you've built over the past couple of years for Ryan Poles, it, it doesn't mean a whole lot. You know, does that does that make sense? You know what I mean? It's like he, Ryan no, Poles has... It's just like he's rebuilt this roster, and I think he's done a pretty solid job so far over the past two years. And if you draft Caleb Williams, all of a sudden, like, what if he struggles? You know, like, how? What if it doesn't look good at all? Um, and then it's like, okay, then you're just you're probably not a playoff team. You know, you're right back to where you were when you started this rebuild. Yeah, you put a lot of resources into this team. You talk about Montez Sweat, DJ Moore, Tremaine Edmonds, TJ Edwards. All these guys that you've brought over here, you just extended Andrew Billings. Like, all these guys you put in place, that's for right now, right? You're talking about winning in the next year or two. And if you talk about, you know, a quarterback goes through the natural, you know, growth process of a rookie quarterback in this league, and then maybe he's not ready this year or, or, I mean, in his rookie year, but maybe it takes him two or three years. Now you're outside of Montez Sweat, maybe his prime or, or come near the end of his contract. Talking about the same thing with DJ Moore, same thing directly with these guys. And so if you built this team right now to say, okay, we are putting ourselves in position to win right now. And they should have been, you know, a fringe playoff team this year. You talk about those three games to let get away. That's very, very real, but that's also evidence of their progress. Now you can use it as an indictment on their ability to finish and all those things too. But certainly they should have three more wins right now than they than they do. Uh, and then you talk about building going forward. Now you're trying to put yourself in a position to be a legitimate contender in 24 and in 25. And that's two years before. you. Ha- both of those years are before you have to pay Justin Fields long-term. And so I think that still should be uh, the track that they're on, considering the investments that they've made in this team. There are just a few holes left on this roster. You talk about getting another weapon on offense, Marvin Harrison Jr. You talk about finding a legitimate long-term answer at center and some more help on the defensive line, edge rusher, and a three-tech. And I think you're talking about a team that can be a legitimate, legitimate contender. And I think the best way and the fastest way to do that is to use the resources that you have now um, if you don't choose to go the quarterback route. So that's, that's, that's my thinking of the, of the big picture of it. I certainly understand when people look at you know some of Justin Fields' numbers and the win-loss record and you talk about Caleb Williams and the type of prospect that he has the potential to be. But just for the Bears themselves, uh, in the big picture, to me, it makes more sense to stick what you got at quarterback and then bring in the rest of those pieces. Yeah, and you you think about wh- what kind of haul they could get for that top overall pick. They're you know they're essentially trading yeah. Caleb Williams. You're basically saying to other teams, right. you want Caleb Williams, come and get him. And there are a lot of teams, as always, going into every draft that need quarterbacks. You think about Washington, who's currently in the third spot, right? Uh, that's a possibility. New England. I'm sure Robert Kraft's getting a little irritated and a you know a little anxious watching his team get beat up on after dominating for 20 years. New England needs a quarterback. Maybe the Giants. Um, 
Atlanta. And I know that's been that team's been brought up a whole bunch, and we'll get into the matchup Sunday where maybe if the Bears do decide to trade Justin Fields, that could make a lot of sense. Ryan Pace is down there in their front office, all of that. So if there were a team the Bears were going to trade Justin Fields, the most obvious one I think uh, many are pointing to would be Atlanta. Do you see a – what about this scenario, Herb? Because I think the conversation we're having, and I, I think it's it's most likely that it would be either Fields or Caleb Williams are starting quarterback next year. But what about the possibility of you know trading that top pick? Bears currently have the ninth, their own ninth pick as well. What about drafting a quarterback later in the first round or at some point in the draft where it's not like an either-or? Either Fields is gone and it's Caleb Williams or Fields stays and you pass on on a young quarterback. Do you see that scenario at all playing out? I think that's an interesting scenario because in that scenario, you're talking about not only is Ryan Poles and the rest of the Bears evaluators saying, we think Caleb Williams is better than Justin Fields. We think there's a number of quarterbacks in this draft better than Justin Fields. I don't know how they can come to that conclusion, right? Um, if they do, then sure, they have a lot more options. You can get down to, you know, uh, Michael Penix. You can get down to Jalen Daniels, Jaden Daniels, and mm-hmm. J.J. McCarthy and whoever else that they may be interested in. To me, it seems like what you were saying in the original scenario, that it's going to be Caleb or Justin. But if they have uh, some other guys that they view as potential targets later in the first round or even early in the second round, they you know, depending on how they – trade down to the right now that we currently have a second round pick, but uh, that would be a very, very interesting scenario. I don't foresee that. I think I think if they move on from Justin Fields, it is Caleb Williams, but there, that would certainly open up the door to a lot of possibilities. Yeah, and the reason, that, you know, my thinking with that, because, the co- you know, the conversation or the thought is that it will be Fields or Williams next year, it's like, well, okay, well, you really, you could have Fields for the next two seasons at a pretty reasonable number, spread out over, over mm-hmm. two years. So I'm not, you know, if you draft a quarterback later in the first round or early in the second, whatever they end up doing, maybe that quarterback's just there developing for a year or two. And and maybe, you know, if Fields works out, it works out. I mean, look at look at San Francisco. At one point they had Garoppolo, Trey Lance, who they paid a ton for, for to move up and draft, yeah. and then Brock Purdy. Like, you, you can't – my point is you can't have enough talent in the quarterback room. So if you do want to run it back with Fields – it seem it appears to be a pretty deep quarterback class. Maybe you bring in another rookie quarterback, but he's not the day one starter. Fields, you run it back with Fields next year, and then you know you have at least some kind of young talent behind Justin Fields. I mean, Tyson Bajan did a solid job this year and all of that, but um, I don't know. It's something to consider because I think the only the only real conversation I think most of us are having it's are, it, you're either moving on from Fields and drafting Williams. Or the opposite, right? Like you're, you're sticking with Fields and you're passing on Caleb Williams. Well, it's, well, maybe they have another quarterback in mind that they think maybe they can develop for a year or two. And if Justin Fields doesn't, you know, ascend over the next year or two, then then you've got a quarterback waiting to, to be your next starter. I don't know. It's just something yeah, I've kind of been tossing around considering the conversation we've been having about the quarterback spot for the Bears. Yeah, it's seemingly been an isolated conversation, but I think – to your point, that it could be a lot more complicated. I think only you know Ryan Poles and Ian Cunningham and maybe Kevin Warren know you know where what they're thinking right now and kind of where this thing is going to go. And it's got, it's got plenty of time. This thing can go right up to draft day now. Yeah. They got some other decisions that they want to make in terms of coaching or whatever. Those will be you know much sooner. But the conversation at quarterback could literally go up until draft day. And so uh, there's a lot of scenarios that that'll be thrown around, and we'll try. And, and settle on, you know, what we think is most likely to take place over the course. But we're talking about another, you know, 
four months or so, four or five months yeah. before we really know uh, how this thing is going to play out. And there's a lot of things that can still go on in terms of the, the, the draft evaluation and combine and everything else. So uh, a lot of time left between now and then. I'm certainly sure we'll be kicking this thing around until a decision is made. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I know we're, we've been having this conversation. We'll continue to have it. And a lot of things can change leading up to the draft. And look, Ryan Poles, maybe right now he's thinking, I'm going to draft Caleb Williams number one. And then for whatever reason, things kind of change over the next four months. And what if another team comes in and just offers him something he cannot refuse for that top pick? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, what if Washington comes in and offers something crazy, you know, like three first rounders or something like that? Uh, that's I think that's yeah, a possibility. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Especially- I think that's a possibility, too. You look at the haul they got last year for Bryce Young. Caleb Williams was the best quarterback last year when Bryce Young was still in college. Right, right. So, I mean, but you have to assume that the price for Caleb is going to be higher than the price for Bryce. And he could very well get three number ones. You talk about three number ones and maybe get a player or two. Like, you, you don't know. There's so many things uh, that could be on the table. And so, you know, what we know about Ryan Poles is that he's going to work his numbers, right? He's going to find out what he thinks is the best deal for the Chicago Bears, and that's when he's going to pull the trigger. And if somebody comes and blows him away with the offer that he can't refuse, I would not be surprised at all to see him say, hey, we're going to move off this thing. Even if he initially thought, hey, Caleb is – like that's what I was saying about the, the one-to-one comparison. It's not just about whether or not you think Caleb is better than Justin. There's a whole lot of other factors to uh, kind of weigh in this, in this, in this evaluation. And I think that, you know, that, that trade possibility and what somebody else may offer certainly factors into it. You know, the idea of, of Marvin Harrison Jr., that factors into it. When you talk about – trading and how far you can trade down and who you can trade with. And so and so I don't think Marvin Harrison Jr. goes past three. And for me, he's the guy I want in this draft. Right? He's the guy that I want more than anything in this draft. And so if they are of the same thinking, then that kind of limits where they can go with this thing anyway. And so you start, to, you start to think about that in terms of what the draft hall might look like and how far they can go back. And so there's just so many things to consider. And I think that sometimes, you know, you hear these things, on these conversations are all around, you know, Bears talk world, and it's like, well, Caleb is better than Justin, or Justin is better than Caleb. Either way, that's not the entirety of the conversation. There's so many more things you got to look at. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you look at Las Vegas, who I'm sure is desperate to to get, you know, franchise quarterback, new stadium, new town, all of that. Maybe you find a way to make a deal with Vegas that includes Max Crosby, something like that. You know, yeah. same same yeah. same formula as the the deal with the Panthers that brought DJ Moore to Chicago. That's a real possibility. So it, it's a lot to sort out, and it, it, it's a fun conversation to have um, because there is just, there's just so much that factors into it. And, you know, it's it's a massive decision for, for Ryan Poles. And, you know, he even touched on it in the pregame interview the other day that he – I mean, we all understand. Like, if he doesn't get it right, it, it totally alters the trajectory of the franchise, right? We know this. It's it's the quarterback. Bears haven't been able to figure it out forever and if he does get it right and they do figure it out, okay, then the Bears seem to be in a really good spot. You know, a perennial playoff contender competing for Super Bowls. Like, that, it changes everything. So, as I said earlier, is it a tough decision? Yeah, I think it is. But it's also, Absolutely. like, this is why if, if you're dreaming about becoming a general manager, like, this is this is it. You know, like, this is your own little Super Bowl is figuring out what to do at the quarterback spot for the Bears long term. I mean, you get two years in a row with control of the number one pick. <laughs> As a GM, that's got to be a dream, right? You tear the roster down to the studs, and then you get the number one pick. 
two years in a row, both classes having, you know, highly rated quarterback prospects coming out of it, you got a lot of options. And then you have your own very intriguing, very young, very exciting quarterback already on your roster. And then you bring in this elite level talent on the defensive side of the ball and on the offensive side of the ball. You put yourself in a really, really good position. You've got uh, financial resources in terms of salary cap. You've got draft capital, and you could have a lot more coming up. And so, listen, it's a very, very tough decision. Uh, maybe you look at it as, you know, uh, an unenviable position. But if you want to be a GM, this is why you want to be a GM. Right? Yeah. This, it, this is why he's a GM of the Chicago Bears. He's got a very, very tough decision to make, but it's got to be extremely exciting for him. Right. Uh, what about Flus and the coaching staff? What do you think? Uh, do you think these next two games really factor into uh, job security for Matt Eberflus and the rest of the coaching staff, or what do you think they will do when it comes to, to that? Yeah, I, I, I tend to believe, number one, I tend to believe they're coming back, but I also just believe that, you know, whatever they're going to do, I think they've already decided. I don't know if these last two games, uh, barring some, you know, complete meltdown, which I don't really see. This, this has been a team that's played hard, you know, for two years straight under Matty McFlues. Even when they didn't have the talent last year, they still played hard. Now, those three games they let get away, it's uh, like, KP, they, they couldn't do that again if they tried to lose those three games. It's <laughs> unbelievable to have three games like that take place in one season. So uh, you can definitely look at that again and say that's a, that's an indictable you know, situation, and it absolutely is. But you can also easily flip that thing and say, well, hey, you know, everybody knows we should have three more wins on our on our record this year. You cannot deny what he's done with the defense. They're the number one rushing defense in the league. They've been creating turnovers. you got Montez Sweat. He's been a multiplier since he's been here. So the defense is definitely headed in the right direction. They're young. They're athletic. It's a great secondary. You're bringing back Jalen Johnson either on extension or uh, the tag. And so, you know, you got yourself in a really good spot on that side of the ball. You got a couple holes on the offensive side of the ball that you want to fill, but he can do that in one offseason. Ryan Post can. I remember asking him at the beginning of this season, you know, coming into the twenty three season, how many, what percentage of the holes did he think he had filled on this roster during last offseason? He gave me an honest answer, at least to his, to his belief. He said seventy five to eighty percent, and yeah. I think close to accurate or whatever. Now they didn't win seventy five to eighty percent of their games. Uh, but you talk about, again, letting those three get away, and now you'd be closer to that number. But, again, you come into this offseason, you look at it, if they got, I don't think they have more than 20 25% uh, in terms of holes on their roster, and they can fill those things in this offseason via free agency and the draft or trade or whatever else. So, listen, man, they're in a really, really good spot. I don't think that they need to reset at the coaching position uh, or at the quarterback position, but I'd be surprised if there's a new head coach here. Now, if Jim Harbaugh wants to come – or if Pittsburgh and, and Mike Tomlin decide to you know part ways and you jump on that immediately, but outside of something like that, I think Flus will be back. Uh, Jalen Johnson playing at an elite level this year, he's going to get paid eventually, mm-hmm. whether it's by the Bears or someone else. But I I expect him to be back with the Bears next year. Uh, what about Eddie Jackson though? Before I get your prediction for Sunday, yeah. that's a big number next year for Eddie Jackson who. You know, um, I'm curious what you would think of his play this season, but um, I mean, there's no denying his ability on the field in terms of free safety position. But uh, do you think Eddie? I think it's it'd be like an 18 million dollar cap hit, something like that, if if Eddie Jackson yeah. is back next year. They have the they have the cap flexibility, Herb. Yeah, they've got some space in terms of cap flexibility. I think that you can move on from Eddie Jackson if you go out and secure a game-changing safety, right? I wouldn't move on from him 
just to do it, right? Just to put somebody there or try and fill that hole later. I know that Elijah Hicks has gotten a lot of opportunities since he's been here, and I do think they like him, but I don't know that he's that caliber of a player. Now, can you find one in the draft? Can you find one in free agency that's a little bit younger, that's maybe on you know the better side of their prime than Eddie Jackson is? If you can do that, then I'm okay with you, you know, deciding to move on from that. But if you can't find a surefire game-changing safety, then I say running back with Bojack. He's he's a proven veteran. He's well-respected in this team. All those young DBs that we talked about, you know, Jalen and, and Tyreek and Terrell Smith, Kyler Gordon, Jaquan Brisker, they all absolutely love playing with Eddie Jackson. You can see, you know, his ability. That That Minnesota game – in Minnesota, first play of the game, they shoot, they go at Terrell Smith, try to throw a deep ball straight down the field. Eddie Jackson recognizes it, drops back into a zone that he's not even supposed to be in and makes a play on that football. And so, you know, that's that's his veteran presence on this team. He still has that kind of athleticism. We know he can get interceptions in bunches. He finally got his first one a couple of weeks ago. But I think that he, he's somebody who can, you know, end up getting, you know, a few in, 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 a, in, a, in a couple of games here. So, Listen, if you can get a if you can get somebody that's dynamic, fine. If not, I would go ahead and bring him back. I think the Bears are gonna win Sunday. What's your prediction? I think the Bears win Sunday too. I think it's gonna be a close game though. I got the Bears twenty four twenty three. I think the Falcons have been like the Bears too, this kind of up and down, kind of messy team that could win every game, they could lose every game. I think it'll be a bit of a back and forth kind of game and I think the Bears will pull it out down the stretch. I think it'll be a really entertaining football game. Bears win 24-23. I like it. That's Herb Howard covers the Bears for the Bigs. Does a great job doing it. Herb, Happy New Year. Thanks again for joining me a whole bunch of times this year on the podcast. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It's always fun, KP. I appreciate it. That is episode 80 of the WGN Radio Football Podcast. Thanks again to our local Chevy dealers. It's all sponsored by Chevy Drive Chicago. Dot com Drive with Justin Fields Drives. Thanks again to Herb Howard. Thanks to Ernie Scatton for his help producing the podcast. And thank you for listening. This is the WGN Radio Football Podcast. <laughs>